We are joined by Tim Hudak, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. And Tim, we have to start with what everybody's still humming about this morning, and that would be that the uh, Maple Leafs won and in overtime, and the city exploded. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it was great to see. I, I was chairing my um, uh, Loretto Abbey Parent Council meeting last night. We went a little extra long, but I got home to catch the the uh, overtime. And look, Toronto is, is a way more exciting, better place when the Leafs are doing well. There is nothing quite like it. I love seeing that explosion of fans at Maple Leaf Square. The blue and white people will be decked out with uh, today. And they're showing um, it was an attractive sort of grittiness, too. I mean, avenging a 7-3 loss with a 7-2 win of their own. Then coming back uh, last night, uh, punch here. This is a very different Leafs team than we've seen the last number of years. Okay, so let's move into, uh, well, I was going to say more consequential things. I don't know if there's anything more consequential than potentially winning the Stanley Cup. But, you know, day-to-day life. Uh, questions are being raised over a 95-year lease that the province has granted to an, an Austrian company for this spa at, um, uh, uh, where is it, Ontario Place. And that's an awfully long time. I mean, most of us are going to be dead by the time this comes up for renegotiation. Sure, but I think that's not atypical for what's to be a major piece of you know, public policy and an attractor. The Science Center had a similar uh, lease in length. That, that that doesn't really bother me. What, what what does is how quickly the government has fallen behind on what would be a centerpiece, you know, for their Toronto development strategy for for tourism. You know, I, I was actually responsible for Ontario Place at, at one point in time when I was a Minister of Tourism, Culture, and Recreation. And, and John, and every year we get a bit in the budget to, you know, put a new can of paint on something, an attraction here or there, and it continued to slide downhill to the point where it resembled a Scooby-Doo show in the Haunted Amusement Park. It was, it was just awful. And it, it showed that governments should not run uh, amusement parks. Maybe that made sense in the early 70s, certainly not in the 2000s. So you actually need to have a different kind of partnership and an attractor. But but this is really getting beaten up. I, I think because we don't know what it is exactly. It's a, a well-being leader is the way the company describes itself, a European spa. And I, I think a lot of us have trouble picturing it. Like, is this going to be uh, a Great Wolf Lodge, right, for my, for my kids and for adults alike? It's going to be a really nice resort that will be free for me, a beautiful beach, water slides. There are elements here that could be compelling for Toronto, for tourists, for people across Ontario. But, boy, they're really getting beaten up. And I'm puzzled by this. Well, the government is on defense for what the premier intended to be a showcase, somebody who cares deeply about this project. They really get it got on their front foot, put out there clearly what this is going to be, why it appeals to, to me and my family if I live in Niagara or Toronto, and get on the front side of this, because, man, what's supposed to be a centerpiece is looking like a, a real albatross around their neck. Yeah, and I agree with you entirely that if they could map this out and you could see, oh, my gosh, it's going to have, like, artificial waves and it's going to be a beach and all through the winter for people who can't afford to fly to a southern climb they're going to be able to go there on the weekend and it's going to be a paradise then you know that would be very convincing but instead all we have this is like standing outside of a house and trying to make a bid on it 
Yeah, at, at, at the very, at the very best. So I, I checked out their website and what was it thermicanada.ca? You can you'll get it. But even for something that is supposed to be this epic, a five hundred million dollar investment, going to create eight hundred jobs, it's going to actually bring people down there to and to enjoy the beach and, and walk about. Pairing that with a science center, right? that could actually be very compelling. But you really need to paint that picture for Ontario taxpayers to convince them. And right now, the opposition is knocking around the ring like a rag doll. Okay, so I'm going to lean especially on your expertise in real estate for this next story. Growing number of homeowners are underwater with their mortgages, which means they owe more than the home is actually worth. That is an alarming stat, except at the same time, it seems that mortgage defaults remain extraordinarily low. So I know people are always trying to seed the the crop of mortgage failure, but I don't see it. Yeah, this is an important um measure to keep an eye on for the stability of the housing market and that would have an impact on the economy of dramatic proportions if you saw uh, that happen to crater that just does not seem to be happening it, it can be the canary in a coal mine but this canary, canary right now barely has a, a light cough right the the level of mortgage defaults is 0.1 percent that's that's at a historic lows sure the number of what they call high risk uh, loans has has gone up because if you bought a home particularly in the peak of 2022 housing prices have come down pretty well in every pocket of ontario since then mortgage costs have gone up so the cost of of, you know, carrying that home has increased. So it's quite possible in that area where the, the value of your mortgage is actually greater than your home. Right? That, that's what they call a risk when you get up to, I think it's 90% plus in that level. So because we are so strong with, with, with um, low mortgage rates in the past, and housing value is increasing, that, that ratio had gone down. Now it's back up, but it's nowhere near a level that should be causing alarm bells. You keep your eye on it for sure. But the basics we're seeing now, Joe, when you look at the stats, we're actually seeing the housing market heading uh, more in a positive direction. That's not just GTA, it's across Ontario. Uh, multiple offers are common, bully offers uh, are back. There is strong demand for housing and not of inventory, so I think this only heads up. Omar Agabra, the transportation minister in Ottawa, is being blasted for a video of a bunch of men male politicians, as a matter of fact, walking around in pink high heels to highlight the issue of violence against women. And I don't, you know, gust to outrage, but I do have to say, Tim, if you think that wearing a pair of high-heeled shoes, a man wearing high-heeled shoes, somehow captures any aspect of violence against women, then you're an idiot. Yeah, you know, I I, um, I, I remember this, this, uh, this charitable... Um, idea from from some time ago in fact I remember mayor tory uh, did this uh, wore wore the shield, the heels i think when he was in the ontario legislature may as mayor as well but it, it wasn't done in a way to attract attention didn't walk around like like a, a dork in a, in a parade <laughs> and and mocking the whole thing um he would he'd wear them casually and then people would ask about it and that would call attention right to the issue as a whole it was done a bit more tastefully i guess as opposed to work can really be an art form and by having this parade of, of clowns walking around the shoes, it, it really blew it up and I think did, did damage to what should have been an honest effort to raise attention about violence against women. Toronto family calls 911 because their toddler is choking and they're put on hold for five minutes. I mean, that is beyond unacceptable. 
Uh, unbelievable, and it, it makes me angry to to even contemplate that in in a what should be a world class city like Toronto, where anybody would have to go through that. Now, you could say that this is a you know on the on the outside of of the bell curve at five minutes, sure. But I look back in in 2022, just last year, we went from 19 seconds to 16 seconds on average, which meant that half the calls were at least a minute longer. I was talking about Debbie with Debbie about it this morning, and I remember a time that that Miller uh, choked. We were at Massimo, so it's a great pizza restaurant in Font Hill. I can still picture she choked on a piece of celery. We were having pizza and, and chicken wings, and uh, I, I remember the feeling, and it was awfully as coldness that descends upon you. Things start moving in slow motion. You see your kids stopping breathing, and, and Deb, God bless her, instincts kicked in. She jumped over there, turned Miller upside down, dislodged the celery, and then she recovered. I I cannot imagine that torture for five minutes plus for a basic level of service, John, that we depend upon. I mean, if you want a symbol right now of deterioration, in addition to what's happening on our transportation system, that's it right there. And uh, some quick thoughts on uh, Tucker Carlson being shown the door. I see this as more than, okay, so an American cable television star got fired. I think this is about where American politics is and where American media is going. You could be right. I um, I guess it proves everybody has feet of clay, no matter how big you are, uh, that uh, you can uh, tumble and fall. It makes me curious to see exactly what it was, and there's no shortage of conspiracy theories. I mean, what what a, a, a day where both Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson lose their jobs. Don Lemon was on the way down. I mean, he, he was spiraling. That was foreseeable. But whether you like Tucker Carlson or not, he was at the top of his game. He was driving ratings. He was an icon of the Republican Party. You could even say, in some senses, a kingmaker for the next candidate candidate to be their presidential nominee. So, you know, whether it was his, uh, if there's this is a shift in Fox strategy, whether it was his contributions to the massive lawsuit of $800 million they lost over Dominion voting systems, whether this is me too and that's still to come out, I, I don't know. The bottom line is, John, it shows we all are fallible, even the mightiest fall and fall hard. Thanks a lot, sir. Good to have you this morning. Have a great day. It's the morning brief with Tim Hudak.